Hey, Anchor family, welcome to our podcast. We wanted to thank you for listening today. We pray this message encourages you, that it inspires you, pray it builds your faith and brings you hope. Enjoy the message. Title, New Year, Same You. Come on. New Year, Same You. New Year, Same You. We're going to have the piano playing behind me so beautifully you can be seated so that we can I can know that I got to go fast because I know you want to watch this Texans game and I want to make sure to give you this word and give it to you efficiently come on efficiently this this new year's has been a little difficult for me because a lot of my friends keep asking me hey man what are your new year's resolutions I wonder if you got to write down some resolutions I, I stopped calling them resolutions and just started calling them goals. Maybe you've written down some goals. These are some goals that I have. A lot of friends have been saying, hey, what are your goals? Have you set your goals? And I, I, I told one friend the other day, I said, ah, I'm struggling with my goals. I'm struggling with my resolutions because as I'm sitting down to write them out, I'm thinking about whether or not I'm going to be able to accomplish them. So I sit down and I say, well, I want to lose 30 pounds. Okay, but if I lose 30 pounds, that means I really can't have the amount of tacos that I'm anticipating I'm going to have in the new year. So maybe instead of 30, I'm going to put 15. That's a little bit more manageable. I wonder if you've sat there with your goals and said, I'm going to write down what I think is manageable. Something that I can accomplish. I had a friend tell me the other day, every goal I set for last year in the new year, I didn't accomplish. So this year, I'm writing more accomplishable and manageable goals. I wonder if you felt that. I felt that as I was writing my goals. I started to think about my ability to be able to accomplish these things before I wrote down whether or not 2024 was going to be a year where I was going to see God do great things in my finances. See God move in my family. See God move in me personally and my intimacy with him. Instead of saying, I'm going to spend seven hours a a week praying, I started thinking, is that possible? I might might fail at that, so I'm going to put two hours. I started to put myself and my ability into these goals and these resolutions. I remember I was saying, I'm going to stop sugar in 2024. Uh, uh, at least for the first, the first month. And just so you know, we're going to do 21 days of prayer and fasting in the coming week. Come on, 21 days of prayer and fasting where we're going to come together. We're going to pray. We're going to seek God. We're going to trust him for what he wants to do in the new year in our lives because the Bible says that prayer and fasting is like a megaphone to God and his ears when it comes to him working in our lives. And the Bible says when you pray and fast, the Lord just seems to work quickly. And so we're going to do that, 21 days of prayer and fasting. I'm excited about that. In those 21 days, I started to think about uh, what I'm not going to eat and what I might not be able to eat. And as I was writing that down, I was having a piece of candy. I said, there's no way I'm going to accomplish these things. And I wonder how many of you are, after the fireworks popped and exploded in the air, after you ate the good food and you woke up on January the 2nd, you realize just because the calendar changed, it doesn't mean you changed. 
that just because the calendar changed, it doesn't mean your creditors are going to stop calling. It doesn't mean you're not going to have similar challenges. It doesn't mean the loneliness is gone. It doesn't mean the frustrations just flew away. And that for you to have a 2024 like you want to have, the calendar can't just change. You have to change too. And if you are entering into this year with some doubts, I, I want it to be a great year, but I'm, a, I'm already a weekend and I don't know. It didn't go that well. I think New Year's Day there were already earthquakes. I think New Year's Day there's already crazy things happening all over the world. Our New Year's celebration didn't go the way we wanted it. One of our family members had a, had a firecracker explode in his hands, and for four hours we're, we're taking care of him. It didn't go how we pictured it would be. And I wonder how many of you are, are hesitating, saying, I really don't know if 2024 is going to work out the way I want it to work out. I want you to walk with me in eight, nine verses in the Bible where we're going to see someone in the Bible who was just as hesitant and God worked him in, in him anyway. So if you're here and you really want 2024 to be that year where you see God do something significant, I think this scripture is going to be special for you. We're going to start a new year resolution kind of series next week, but this is our introduction. It says in Jeremiah chapter 1, the words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah. Jeremiah is writing down this book. These are his words. Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet because throughout his whole time as a prophet, he cried a lot. He was emotional. You know that Jeremiah is the only prophet that we know of in our scripture where he talks about his feelings the most. I feel this. I feel that. And I love that that's a scripture, that that's a book in the Bible, because I'm like that. I feel a lot. I get emotional. And Isaiah, Jeremiah, all these prophets, out of all of them, Jeremiah was the emotional one. The Bible tells us, these are the words of Jeremiah, the son, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests who were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin. He says, up front, let me tell you about my family. We're priests. I come from a line of priests. That's who my family is. I grew up around the priesthood. My dad is a priest. My grandfather is a priest. And in this day and age, that would mean that he was in line to be a priest as well. Of the priests who were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, to whom, me, the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the 13th year of his reign. It also came in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the end of the 11th year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the exile of Jerusalem in the fifth month. Jeremiah is writing and he is giving us an overview of his life and God speaking into his life. Now I want you to see this before we move on. 
in this text, you see something very beautiful that I believe is something that God wants to do for us. It says, the word of the Lord came to him in the days of. In the days of. It also came in the days of. And it also came in the days of. You have to understand. He's a priest. Priests don't get prophetic words. This is not something he was anticipating in his life. This is not something that he would be thinking would happen in his life. Hearing from God. And I just venture and guess today that maybe you don't believe that you will ever hear God's voice. That maybe you don't know if you can believe that God will speak to you. And that his word will come to you because of whatever reason that you feel that he won't do it. That's why these 21 days of prayer and fasting are going to be so vital for us as we come close to our God so we can hear his voice. Because here's the promise that we can walk into 2024 with. He will speak to you. The way he spoke to Jeremiah, even though it wasn't common, do you know that this, this word, the, the word of the Lord came to him, is mentioned 349 times in the Old Testament 157 of those times to Jeremiah specifically. So to a person who wasn't anticipating or going around in his life anticipating that he was going to hear God's voice, 45% of the time that it was recorded in God's Bible that God spoke to somebody, it happened to him. What if that could be you this year? What if that could be you and you don't think that God would, but he wants to? You don't think that God can, but he will. 45% of the time, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. I'm believing for a church this year that's going to be hearing from God. The word of the Lord coming to us, each and every one of us, revealing things to us. Even those of you who don't believe that you're worthy of him speaking to you or, or not me, maybe someone else. He says, me a priest where I don't hear the word of God. I just minister to God in the temple. That's for the prophet. He said, the word came to me. And I want you to get this. He says in verse 2, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah. He is giving you a measure of time. This is when God spoke to me. In the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the 13th year of his reign. Verse 3. It also came in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the end of the 11th year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah. He's saying, There's, God spoke to me in the times of Josiah, and then God spoke to me in the times of Josiah's sons and grandsons. In the, in the times of jo King Josiah's sons and grandsons, God spoke to me then until the end of the 11th year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah. And then it gives us a third time frame, until the exile of Jerusalem in the fifth month. So he's saying, God spoke to me. I wasn't expecting it. I didn't think he would, but he spoke to me. And this is how long he did it. From the days of Josiah through the days of Jehoiakim, all the way until the exile of Jerusalem. Now listen, I want you to hear this. Those three time periods represent three different things. Most scholars will say this, and I don't want to 
I don't want to jump deep into it, but I'll just give it to you because you need to hear this. The days of Josiah were recorded as being good years. Good years. No war, no trouble, plenty of food, everything's at peace. The days of Jehoiakim were completely opposite. The days of Jehoiakim were hard years. Times of suffering and difficulty, of great war. And it led to the times of exile because the people who were coming to war against Jerusalem and Israel took them into exile, took them captive. He's saying, these are the three time periods I faced in my life. News flash to every believer. Not everything is going to be good. We're going to face difficulty and struggle. And maybe your 2024 is already not looking like it's going to be the best year possible. And it's not going to be what you dreamed of. And yet he is telling us, in the good times, I got a word from God. Then he says, and when it got difficult and I got persecuted and things got even harder for me. And there was war and I was on the run for my life. I got a word from God. And then he says, even when it was at its very worst, and there was nothing we could do, and we lost the battle. The war took us over. The city crumbled. In those days where we were taken captive, and there were chains on our feet, and we were no longer in our hometown, and we weren't in a place where we felt comfortable, even in those places where we felt lost and confused and worried, I got a word from the Lord. I got a word from the Lord. Here is the confidence that we can have this year as we walk into 2024. No matter how good it is, God will speak. No matter how bad it gets, God will still speak. No matter how difficult your situation might feel, how lonely your nights are, God is still able to give you a word. The word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah. The word of the Lord came in the days of Jehoiakim. And the word of the Lord came even until the exile of Jerusalem into the fifth month. He wants to speak to you. He wants to give you a good word. Verse 4, now the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. I love the way God starts this conversation with, with Jeremiah. Jeremiah is one of my favorite prophets because he knows Jeremiah so well he starts the conversation trying to stop him from giving him excuses. He knows that Jeremiah is going to give him an excuse. God is going to call Jeremiah to do something he did not think he could do, to go through struggles he did not think that he could endure, to stand strong in the face of persecution because people were going to turn away from him because he was going to be a prophet of God, meaning God was going to speak through him and people were going to hate him for it, throw him in jail, beat him. And he knew that when he heard that God was calling him to be a prophet, that he was calling him to times of suffering, that he was calling him to times that might have difficulty, that he would make an excuse. God said, hey, before you give me an excuse, I know you so well, he says. I know you because before I formed you in your mother's womb, I 
new you. Now listen, this is what I want to tell you. This is before you came into this world, I knew who you were. Before you struggled on this planet, I knew your struggles. Before you walked on this planet and you, you wrestled with depression, I knew that. Before you came into this planet and you were born and you knew what it was like to go hungry, I knew that about you. Before you came on to this planet and you wrestled with anxiety, I knew that. I knew all of this about you. I knew your struggles. I knew the difficulty you faced. I know the times where you fail. He said, I knew all of this before I formed you. This is what's beautiful, that God knows our weaknesses, our failures, the times where we fall away, and he doesn't say, I'll make someone else. I don't know. If God knew everything about you, and if I told you today that he knows the things that no one else knows, and he still wanted you, I wonder what that would do for you. He said, Jeremiah, I know you. You're emotional. You deal with anxiety and depression. You're, you're going to be the weeping prophet. You're going to be up and down emotionally. It's going to be hard. And yet, hey, I still decided to form you. He loves you that much. Your failures were taken care of at the cross. So he made you despite those things because he knew what Jesus would do. Before, 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 I love it, before the depression, before you got sucked into financial problems, before you became afraid of the things that you were facing in this life, before the failure, before the mistakes, before those people left you and abandoned you, before those people hurt you and hurt you deeply, before your parents split up, before you were abandoned, I knew you. I knew you, and I knew you would be struggling. And I knew that all that was going to happen, and I still believed in you. That's what's happening here. God is saying, I believe in you. Regardless of the difficulty, I am still choosing you. He says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you, meaning I set you aside. Then he says, I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. He says, I know you were planning on being a priest. I know that was the plan. But I got a different plan. You're going to be a prophet. You're not just going to minister to me like the priests do. You're going to take my words and take it to the people. I have a better plan. Here's the good news for you heading into 2024. Your plans are good. God's are better. Your plans are good. But God, don't be surprised if God says, well, you were planning to go this way, but I have a plan to take you this way. Well, God, this is where I was born. This is my family. This is my culture. It doesn't matter. The call that I have on your life is more powerful. You will be a prophet, not just to the people in your neighborhood, in your school, to the nations, to the nations. Then it says that 
Jeremiah responds. You ready? We're about to end. Look at this. I think he does whatever we do. I think this is our response. Then I said, alas. Now, I don't know if I'd say that. Alas, Lord God. He's saying, oh, God. Alas. Behold, I do not know how to speak because I am a youth. You ready? We're going to go. The, in this verse, we see three excuses that he uses, and they're three excuses I know you use all the time. I'm calling you out in 2024 because it might be a new year, but it's the same you. And you're calling all of these things into the, your life that you want to have, but then you're struggling in areas and you're making excuses. And look at his excuse. Alas, Lord, behold, I do not know how. Have you ever said that? Setting your goals. I don't know how that's going to happen. Listen to it. What? You want me to, I don't know, how? I wonder if you sat down and done some financial planning. I wonder if you sat down and started doing some planning for 2024 and you looked at your partner, you looked at yourself in the mirror and said, how? How is it possible for me to accomplish that? How is it possible for that to happen in my life? How? He says, I do not know how to speak. He said, I can do the priest work because it doesn't involve my mouth. But I can't do this because I don't know how to speak. He says, because I am a youth. Here are the three excuses, and we'll run through them. He says, I don't know how. And he says, I don't have. I don't have. I don't have the skills. That's what he's saying. I don't know how to speak. I don't have the skills. And then he says, I'm a youth. I'm not like them. I don't know how. I don't have. And I'm not like them. And I wonder if those are your three excuses too. When you look at your life, you say, I, I, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't have that. And I'm not like them. And if we were honest in here, and if I was honest, I would tell you, those have been mine. I can look at my life and say, I don't know how that's going to happen. God called me to something significant, but I don't know how it's going to happen because I don't have. I don't have what I think I need. I don't have what they have. Instantly, comparison happens. And maybe one of the greatest enemies to you seeing God move in the call that he has in your life for 2024 is the comparison that is holding you back with yourself and others around you. He says, I don't know how I can do this. I don't have the ability. Maybe you've said, I don't have the ability to do this. He says, I don't know how. How many of you have excused yourself from pursuing something that God called you to do because you didn't know how it would work? Don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know if I'll be able to handle that. I don't know how. So you just... I'll make that for next year. I'll do that for next year. Then he says, I don't have. And maybe you've said that too. I've said that. I don't have the money. I don't have the, the time. 
I don't have the energy. I don't have the health. I don't have the education. How am I supposed to do that? Maybe you said, I don't, I don't have. I don't have this. What is it that you've said that you need, that the Lord wants to do in you, even though you don't have that thing? He says, I, I don't have. Then he says, I'm too young. I'm not like them, the prophets. I'm a priest. I don't have the ability to do this thing. I'm not like them. I can't do this because I'm not like them. Because uh, the way they grew up, they had both parents in the household. The way they grew up, they didn't experience loss like me. I'm not like them. They grew up in church. I'm not like them. I grew up around drunkenness and alcoholism. I'm not like them. I didn't go to private school. I'm not like them. I don't have a family that has a lot of money and wealth. I'm not like them. That's what Jeremiah is saying. I'm not like them. Here's the reality. Each and every one of us, we all have struggles. Each and every one of us, we have struggles. The reality is that what God is trying to tell us and what God is trying to tell him here in this scripture is he's saying, where you start is not where you have to stay. Just because right now it doesn't look good, it doesn't mean that it's not going to get better. Where you start is not where you have to stay. And there are things that I want to do in and through your life. And don't let these three excuses stop you from seeing what I could do in your life. He says, alas, the Lord, behold, I do not know how to speak because I am a youth. Because I am a youth. You know, I wish he would have paid attention to the excuse that he was given because his answer was found in the excuse he gave. He says, alas, Lord God. Translated means sovereign God, all-powerful God. He's saying, oh, I'm sorry, all-powerful, sovereign, can do anything God. I know that you're able Here's the challenge. How many of you know God is able, but you don't think he'll do it for you? It's easier to believe that God can do for others than believe that he can do for you. He knows that God is powerful. He knows that God is all sovereign. He knows that God is able, but he doesn't believe that God would do it for him. And we have to go into 2024 believing that the things that we read about God can be lived out in our lives and even in our own lives. Alas, Lord God, I can't do this thing. I wonder what God's going to say to him. Verse 7, but the Lord said to me, all right, man, I get it. We'll find someone else. No big deal. You can be a priest because I need priests. I need a lot. I need priests. It's not a big deal. Oh, he didn't say that? Oh, God refused his excuses. I love that we have a God that doesn't accept our excuses. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth. Hey, every young person in here, God can do something powerful in your life. And he can do it in such a way, no matter your age, no matter who you are, no matter how young you are, God says, I can use you to reach nations. Don't doubt my ability. He says, don't say I'm a youth. Because everywhere I send you, you will go. And all that I command you, 
you'll speak. God's in control. And his will will get done. He says, you will speak these things. So, verse 8, do not be afraid. Right? That's what it says. Right? Oh, no, that's not what, the whole thing. It says, do not be afraid of, of them. Who is them? I didn't hear of them in Jeremiah's excuses. Don't miss it. God knows the things you don't want anyone else to know. God knows the real reason you don't want to pursue the things that he has for you. The excuses that you make, God knows the excuse that's really at the bottom of it. He says, you're making an excuse that you're just a priest who can't speak. When I know it's not about that, it's about your fear of them. You're afraid of the persecution. You're afraid of the people that are going to come up against you. You're afraid of the people that are going to attack you, that are going to destroy your name, that are going to speak harshly against you. That's really what you're afraid of. I love that God looked right at him and said, I know what you're really afraid of. And in the things that you're really afraid of, he says, do not be afraid of them, for I am with you. This is the, this is the message for us as we walk into 2024, for I am with you. That's the message for you as you walk into this year, as this calendar keeps turning. God is with you. No matter what you face, no matter what you deal with, no matter what opposition you come up against, no matter in the good times, in the bad times, and in the most difficult, I'm with you. I am with you to deliver you. Notice he said, he did not say to keep you from those problems. He said, no, you're going to have those problems, but I'm going to deliver you in those problems. It's his promise. Won't you stand with me? Stand with me. Stand with me. This is his promise for you. I will be with you. But that don't miss what happens next. God doesn't just give us promises. It's good news that he gives us promises, Miss Carol, because the Bible says he, do, he keeps his promises. He keeps them. It's great. But the Bible tells us that he doesn't just make a promise. He also gives provision. He says to him, Then the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. He went from the promise of I'll be with you to the provision of I'm giving you everything you need. I'm giving you everything you need. What he's trying to tell us is that whatever I call you to, I'll also provide for you to be able to do it. So in this time where we walk into 2024, 
you and I, each and every one of us, we have the promise of God. He knows you, and he called you anyway. He knows your fear, and then he really knows your real fear. And he wants to give you a word and call you into waters that you've never waded in before. To do things you haven't done or didn't anticipate to do. To accomplish things you didn't think were accomplishable. And he said, and I promise in all of that, in your greatest fear, even the fear you don't want to admit, I'll never leave you. And I'll deliver you. And I'm also going to provide exactly what you need for all of this. Providing it. The call of God will always have the help of God. So in 2024, that's what we're going into, believing. That everything that we're pursuing, God's going to be with us and God's going to be providing for us every step of the way. So hey, it might be a new year and it might be the same you, but thank God it's the same God also with us every step of the way. And we're going to walk into 2024 with confidence. We're going to walk into 24 believing that what God has called us to do, that we can accomplish, that what God has set our feet in motion to follow and pursue, that those are the things that God is going to give us, whether it's your family, whether it's financial things, whether it's peace of mind, whether it's finding hope and healing again, no matter what it might be, God is going to give us these things. Even if it feels impossible to you, it's possible because you have a God who never fails and he promises to never do it again. Never fail again. That's what we walk into 2024 with and I just want to pray for you right now before we end. Well thank you so much for joining us today and listening to this message. We trust that God will use this to speak to you and meet you where you are. Thank you so much for supporting this church through listening to us on Spotify. You can continue to stay connected with us to be in the know about what's happening here at The Anchor by following us on Facebook and Instagram at YourAnchorHTX. If you'd like to begin partnering with us financially, we invite you to visit our site at YourAnchor.org give. It's because of you and your generosity that we can reach the lost and deliver the hope of Jesus to people around the world. So we thank you. Anchor family, we love you, we are praying for you, and we will see you next week.